What's happening, everybody? Welcome back. It's Wednesday. We're back for another episode of Action Movie Anatomy, and today we're talking about one of your favorites in a movie that we were wondering just how good it would be on the revisit. It's Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition, three hours of goodness. We'll see you in a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! Martha! Martha! Whosever idea it was to put the the hawk scream in our intro, it's brilliant. It has literally elevated our show beyond anything that we could have ever done. Yeah, it's it's taken us to the next level. Uh, Also, this song. I think, actually, as much as I love Still Dre, and I'll hear it on the radio, and I get super hyped, roll up the windows, sing along with it. Uh, is, is this song? I love this acoustic this version. I've never heard it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, until recently, recently like a year ago, <laughs> several yeah, times, yeah, yeah, several, 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 several times. Um, so guys, what's happening? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. It's Wednesday. We're talking BVS Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. First question, just straight out of a cannon. Why in the f is this movie called Dawn of Justice? Why isn't it just called Batman versus Superman? Uh, because it is the dawn. <laughs> Of of the Justice League, is the is the three? I have no idea. You're probably I, right. I probably is. I like figured that out as I was speaking. But it should just be called BVS. It just should be called Batman vs Superman. Like every tweet this week talking about this movie never said Donald Justice. Every yeah. I if honestly at some point in the movie trivia showdown, someone is going to forget that it actually has the the title of Donald Justice, and they're going to get the question wrong. I would have if we didn't cover this movie. Like if this was a question, I would have gotten over the next year. You would have written Batman vs Superman. That's it. Probably. Maybe me too, honestly. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, yeah, well, well let's get into it. Let's get, <laughs> let's into, get it. into it. So, yeah. guys, it's, uh, it's Action Movie Down Me here on a Wednesday. My name is Ben Bateman. That is Andrew Guy. We are Action Industries. And, uh, you know, this, this show covers movies of four basic types. Those movies have four rules. Yes, they do. It's actually one type. It's one type. Yeah. It's all right. I wasn't going to say anything. You've done great. Uh, I've done the show. Oh, yeah. It's been a couple more weeks. Than a, more than once or twice in my life. It's been a couple weeks. I was making fun of myself. I've done the show for five years. Yeah, I don't know how I still managed times. to mess up the intro. The, uh, ne- <laughs> the network did it again. That's the hard part. Uh, yes, guys. The movies on the show here are four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Who's the hero of the film? Who is the hero of the film? And if we're talking about saving the film, it's Gal Gadot. But Gadot? Gadot? Gadot. Gadot. It's a hard T. It is. Uh... I mean, I think you just have to call it Batman, right? Doesn't it feel? But he's like a bad. He's like a bad Batman. He's a hunter. He's a hunter. Uh, Jeff, can we uh, make sure that the AC is on? <laughs> I screwed up that intro. I'm sweating. Jeff, can you make sure it's a hard T? <laughs> uh, no, I I think it's Batman because it, it opens on him and it closes on him essentially, and it's like all about his journey. And it does feel like in this movie and in most movies, Batman plays by his own rules, which is rule number two. Yeah. No. Nope. Oh. No, it's no. You one. just said that. Rule number two. Get out of here. Always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you, in the room. Uh, Batman and Superman are the smartest people in the room. Yeah, unless unless they're in a room with Gal. Yeah, because like there is that moment when he meets her at the ball. Yeah, you know when Bruce Wayne and Diana have their their interaction. And she is much smarter than he is. For she sure. finishes his sentence. He's like, I, I love when he like touches her on the arm. And she like looks at it, and it's like. It, it, you, you wonder if they're going to have a moment. Yeah. That's all they need is because you as the audience member goes, oh my God, she could rip his arm off if yeah. she wanted to. Like, actually rip his arm He's off. He's a mere mortal. He is a mere um, mortal. Rule number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. I guess, you know, you've been saying for a while that Vigilante should be on uh, here. For some reason, I thought it was in there, but I guess not. It's not, but yeah, it, it, it basically hits that. And then rule number yeah. four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Lots of explosions. Explosion of kryptonite. <laughs> And they blow up a, I know. a legal proceeding. I just want to make fun of this movie. Yeah. But I won't. I actually, I actually really, really enjoyed this movie much more uh, upon revisiting. Yeah. And because we're covering the Ultimate Edition. The Ultimate Edition, because it's over three hours long. I had never watched this. I had always said to people, generally speaking, if you convince me that a movie that's bad is made better by watching 40 more minutes of it, uh, I usually don't agree with that. Right. And the beauty of this show is that I don't ever make time to rewatch movies anymore uh, unless I love them, mm-hmm. unless it's for this show. So yep. I never have watched the Ultimate Edition. Was it not for the fact that we decided to cover it? And gotta say, it's pretty sweet. It does make it better. Yeah. It really does. You get some good stuff with Clark in there. There's just a little bit more detail throughout the movie that just kind of adds. I, I do want to talk to you in the chat because I did have a couple questions. Yeah. Um, 
actually I'll just start with it right now because you know before we get into the show too deeply is there's the, there's that moment when Batman's having his nightmare right mm-hmm. and then he's having the second nightmare he's ha- he's having Inception right because he wakes up and there's like that time traveling guy that's like you're right about everything oh the Flash. Is that guy? the Flash? Yeah, it's I a different tell. But it's a different Flash. That's and he's from, like, I'm too soon. Yeah. I, I'm too soon. But yeah. you're right. And then he disappears and then he wakes up again? Yeah. Okay, all right. There's like a bunch. So so basically what that is, and guys in the chat correct me here, because I'm a little less knowledgeable when it comes to DC than I am with Marvel, but I have read Crisis and Infinite Earths. Uh, there's a Flash story called... <laughs> I can't remember, but it's something to basically do with timelines and time travel. Because because essentially, right, if you think about it, for guys listening that are not, like, big comic book people, uh, all these characters in the Marvel and the DC universe have existed now since, like, the 40s, mm-hmm. 30s, 40s, 50s. So you've got so many years of stories. And all these characters that are supposed to, like, perpetually be, like, 32 years old or whatever, they never really age. Some storylines will have them age a little bit, get married or whatever, but they constantly have to reinvent the timeline because mm-hmm. characters die for effect and then they have to bring them back. So when you do that and you kill a character bring them back enough times, you kind of have to reboot. But eventually what happens is if you do that enough times, you're going to have this timeline where your favorite character died, and then 20 years later they kill him again, and then mm-hmm. 20 years later they kill him again, and if you want to find some cool way to connect all the timelines, you have to come up with weird reality-shifting time travel shit, Okay, which is what ends up happening. So that is a direct reference to a storyline, I think, because like Flash dies in Crisis in the 80s, that's and a really that famous one. And that is supposed to be Ezra Miller's Flash as we move forward. Is, I'm not sure. what I gather. It might be a different Flash from a different timeline. Okay. I'm not totally sure. Uh, but I, I, I like things like that because I, I, I mean, I don't remember if that is in the original version or not. It, it I is, think yeah. both of them are. I can't remember if the second layer is or not, but I think it is. It's been so long. But there's other things throughout it that just kind of add in detail that really do make the movie better. And in my Flash opinion... Flashpoint is what it's called. That's the one I was trying to remember. Okay. Uh, yeah. And in my opinion, just like you said, I am not an advocate for... If a movie is not good in two and a half hours or two hours and 20 minutes, how can it be better in three? Yeah. I 100% think this movie's better. Yeah, for sure. 100% is better. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of cool stuff to talk about today on the show, guys. We've got questions to answer. We are going to be talking fist pump moment. We're going to be talking career-defining role. Well, we are going to be uh, all, all kinds of cool stuff. So Schmodown Corner is probably going to make a return on today's episode because mm-hmm. there's big stuff upcoming. Uh, but I think the first thing I want to do is I want to shout out brand new patrons in the Action Army. We've got Anthony Hanna and Rainer Summer. <laughs> That's a big salute to Rain- you. I feel like Rainer Summer is going to kill me in an action movie. It's a great it's a name. sick name. It's a phenomenal dude. name. It's a really good name. I mean, to be fair, Anthony Han is a great name also. Yeah, it just feels like uh, you got the double first name. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But maybe you're Brandon's long-lost brother. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So, maybe. Uh, guys, that's patreon.com slash teamaction. It's the best place to go to support us. If you guys want to support what we're doing, there's all kinds of cool levels, perks, rewards. You can hang out with us in these uh, general's bunkers, basically. It's, uh, it's all on the site. Go check yeah. it out. You'll enjoy it. If you guys want to follow along with what we're doing, be sure to check out our social medias. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media pretty much everywhere. Yeah, and you guys can find me at Andrew Guy. You can find the show at Team Action Show. And really important, we got over 50 people in the chat hanging out watching. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button because this is something that we love to say on our own YouTube channel, youtube.com slash action industries. Check it out. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on your notifications. Ben and I do a couple live streams every single week that are a couple hours long. We interact with you guys, talk about anything and everything that you guys want, and it's entertainment adjacent usually, and we usually have some cool guests on. We had Roxy Stryer on. We had Mark Riley on. We've got a two-hour show uh, we do every Sunday night called The Action Guys. It's yeah. coming up this Sunday. We're, we've got to figure out how to do it uh, in conjunction with the Oscars, but I'm sure there'll be some Oscar, some Oscar whatnot happening on that show. Getting excited about that, so go check out Action Industries. Let's get into the show. Let's do it. First and foremost, we're going to talk thesis statement. So, we start with thesis statement here. It's, it's your biggest boldest thought about the film. It's the thing you take away from the movie and realize, this is the most important point. The greatest, the first, the only, the last. We try to keep it away from kind of loose stuff. It's, it's the point you'd want to make about this movie if it came up in a conversation at a party. I'll jump in first with mine. Okay. I thought a lot <clears throat> about this movie. I, I mean, because it has so much cool imagery, so many things that I like. Um, and there are a lot of the things, ultimately, that like... How do I put this into words? Movies that are disappointing when you watch them that get talked about like superhero and Star Wars and like these topical zeitgeist movies, mm-hmm. um, they get talked to death. So like we'll we'll cover Martha later, but you know something like that is the kind of thing that's come up in conversation a million times, right? right? So when those things happen in movies like this, you start to paint a picture. Your memory of the movie changes from what it actually was when you walked out. Maybe you didn't like it. Maybe there were things you didn't like about it or you loved. And ultimately, you associate this movie with those shortcomings because of the way people talk about it. For me, one of the things that I had remembered was, like, 
Batman jumping around on the scaffolds trying to avoid Doomsday and, and how stupid that was the first time. I was like, he doesn't even belong in the fight. Right. This time, he avoids him like twice and it's basically leading back to the Kryptonite. It didn't really bother me as much. Yeah, yeah, same. I agreed because I think I think I finished it before you had gotten to that yeah. part again. And when you were talking to me about it, I didn't really interject too much because I still had the same thing in my mind of like, it is a little far-fetched, but it's not as in your face as I thought it was. And there's a lot of stuff about this movie that I, in retrospect, like we think about, you know, Batfleck is kind of a little bit of a letdown in the end, but like he's sweet in this movie. He is. And I like the gray hair. I like the gray. I, I like how badass he is as Batman. He's a he's he's the ruth, most ruthless Batman we've ever seen. Yeah, Which totally. I love. He's great. So there's so much about this movie that I love. The thing about it and I oh man which one do I want to use uh, I won't focus on Martha okay um, okay good that's good um, the one I'm going to use is that this movie's greatest shortcoming is what it builds to this is a setup movie yeah and the thing is there's a lot about this movie that I really like and so many of the things they're trying to build to in this movie so many of the things they're trying to build to in this movie end up just being awful. Like, Justice League's a bad movie, and Steppenwolf is a terrible big bad. Mm-hmm. And so much of this movie's setup is like, just we need them. to form the Justice League, yeah. we need to form the Justice League, and we need to be badasses together to fight this ultimate threat that's coming, to fight Thanatos. And uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, we get the version of Thanos in Justice League, but it's Steppenwolf. And, it's, and he's lame. And it's awful. He's, like, pretty lame. And, like, that is the thing. is It's not only is he bad, but Justice League is such a letdown of a movie, and the universe kind of dies you know Affleck leaves Cavill's done it doesn't build to anything satisfying so this movie ultimately feels like I didn't really need all that setup I'd rather this was just a Batman versus Superman movie same same like if you take out the Justice League stuff and the build up for that and the extra time they spent on figuring that out and getting those things and like introducing the characters and showing us the clips I think you probably could have made a two hour and 30 minute movie that's just better than both of these versions because it doesn't lead to something that we don't care about because I think at the end of the day you can care enough about Batman versus Superman. I mean, holy shit. That that sh- that alone should carry that's like a billion dollar title, right? 100%. And like so you know, the Doomsday <clears throat> stuff we'll get to later but and he's not even called Doomsday in the movie, but like, you know, Frankenzod or whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> not really necessary. It's a sick name. It could have just been Luther in like a mech suit fighting them or something. Like, yeah. You know, it could have been like there could have <clears throat> been any number of things. You didn't need to kill Superman either. It was not it was unnecessary. Yeah, I or you know, and I wonder, you know, I wonder is the movie better if it is Lex in that suit or if it's not Lex at all and he's just the puppet master and it's just a true Batman versus Superman, one of them kills the other one? Like or is that too much? I don't know. That that's the other problem with kind of picking apart this movie. There's definitely things about it I don't enjoy. I don't know what the better alternative is or yeah. should have been. You know, Agreed. one of those things where hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, my hindsight right now is more like twenty thirty because, like, I don't know what the answer is, but I can see that there was a true problem. And the thing is, that's so that's so disappointing. And why <laughs> the greatest shortcoming of this movie is the fact that it's a setup movie is my thesis is that a lot of the setup in this movie actually works. Like, yeah. how sweet is it when when Diana shows up and like the three of them that are together and you're like. Oh man, this is the this is the Trinity of DC. Like this is going to be great. Yeah. These guys are awesome. You know, like if we if we can keep this together for a few years, we're going to get some good movies. I couldn't agree more because I think all of them are superstars and and that's what I'm going to start or what my thesis is is that you know, Ben Affleck is the biggest missed opportunity for a great Batman and great Bruce Wayne. You look at Kilmer and you look at Clooney and you're like, whatever, dude. Like, yeah. fine. It happened. Their potential, their their ceiling was here and their floor was here, yeah, right? right? Like there's nowhere to go. Affleck's floor was here. The ceiling is... There is no ceiling. Agreed. He's so good at doing the things that you love. Like, he's grisly enough. He's badass enough. He's angry enough. Like, that's one thing about this Batman specifically that Christian Bale I don't think could have pulled off because I think an angry Christian Bale is is not fun to watch. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's, it's kind of terrifying. Whereas, yeah. like, <clears throat> this kind of angry, grizzled uh, Ben Affleck playing Bruce Wayne Batman is, is awesome. You're like, I'm in. I, even from the very beginning, I love the world building in the beginning because you watch all these superhero movies and you're like, well, what about everyone else? Right. What, what about the town? What about Gotham, which is New York or Chicago? Or like, what about the hundreds of thousands of people that have died? Totally, I, man. I love that. Because he's, he's the thing in the movie that I watch that I'm the most attached to. Like, I love him at the beginning because oh, that's the thing about this movie that's so infuriating is like, 
when the movie opens and he's watching Metropolis be destroyed and he goes he's, and he's he's awesome he's got and, a sweet scion yeah it's, awesome. <laughs> it's a Dodge Stratus <laughs> I know but he's great right and there's so much anger and like the the conversation he has with the guy in the building Jeff whoever the hell Jeff is yeah right you feel bad for Jeff yeah right totally and you know like Bruce cares about his people yeah you know like it, it's, it's all like get him out everyone's like the boss says to get out even the guy that's dying or he yeah. doesn't have his legs he's like look man you're the boss like everyone respects and loves this Bruce Wayne totally yeah, it's it's really a bummer cuz uh there there are so many things. Even like his fight in the warehouse, right? Like it's a pretty grisly fight. He like kind of gets he beats he, he kicks ass, but he also gets his ass kicked a he little bit. He gets straight like stabbed in yeah. like in the chest, but then he turns around. What does he do to the guy that does it? He stabs, stabs him, him back and then I think he kills him. They the, cut away the gunshot to the back of the head oh, yeah. twice. It's awesome. It's great. That's my favorite. I mean that I mean spoiler alert. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's my fist bump. It might not be now yeah. cuz he talked about it, but like that fight itself is it's the best action in the whole movie. Yeah, agreed. You know? Agreed. Um, so sick. <laughs> it's maybe almost as good as when Amy Adams like throws the kryptonite spear. And it like... Ting, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah really I good. love that part. Um, so <laughs> anyway, good thesis statement, guys. Share yours in the chat here. We've got a nice active chat going. It's good to yeah. see all of you folks in here. I see uh, uh, Dick Smoker is in here. I wonder if they just smooched uh, two movies into one. Yeah, maybe. I love um, how out of the hundreds of comments <laughs> that have been left, tons of people talking, that's the one you singled out. But it's yeah. good. It's good. I thought it was a good comment. I mean, it's, it's he's not yeah. the only person that said it a lot yeah. of people are saying they did put way too much into one movie and, and i agree i don't yeah. i guess i think you i think you cut out the justice league stuff and you give us more you give us more clark kent yeah sly the movie guy doomsday and batman v <clears throat> superman to me felt like venom and spider-man 3 yeah totally. Yeah. so there, there are similarities to this movie and and uh there's so much good to talk about in this movie so let's keep moving through the show here guys we are going to get into our next section of the show and that is called fist pump moment Something happens. Look around. Are you seeing this right now? This is so awesome. Yes. I'm hyped. I'm hyped to watch the rest of this movie. Uh, that's how you feel about it. We're going to share ours now. Yeah. Uh, I'll jump in first with mine. Okay. So give you a second to kind of collect your thoughts after I maybe stole yours. No, no, no. I already uh, know what I want, but go um, <clears throat> For me, the one that got me that I was like, this is just the best thing in the world is when Diana shows up. God damn it. Yeah. That's my, <laughs> are you talking about at the party or at the, in the fight? In the fight. Okay. Okay. Because, like, you, Batman's about to get his ass kicked by Doomsday. He's going to die. Dead. He's yes. dead. And he's, like, willing to... He's put, he's put himself in harm's way. He's a hero. And, and he recogn- He has that... He ha- I think he has a pretty believable realization where you're like, Batman might die right yeah. now. And she... Not only does she show up, she takes the full power of Doomsday's eye lasers with the shield. Yeah. She's, a, she's a goddess. Or is the braces. Yeah, the braces, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, that you get the first of her music. Yes. Which I... I I love the Wonder Woman music. The Wonder Woman music is so good. It's so badass. Like, I remember the first time I heard it in the trailer, and I was kind of like, I don't know. You're like, oh, this is kind of rock and roll, but like, what is this? But is it going to work? And then I saw it in the movie, and you see it in these, you're just like, oh my god, it's so good. She shows up, and she catches it, and it's like, and you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's on. I I was just, for me, like, that was the moment of this movie where I was like, God, they missed. They just missed. Why, like, how is this not... Why didn't we get a good version of this? Why couldn't they have made this work? I know. They're it was, so... Uh, and she's... Obviously, they made her work, thank God. And, you know, who cares about the shared universe if we just keep getting Wonder Woman movies? Because, like... She's incredible. Like, you know, and that's kind of DC's thing now. It's like, I, so I reviewed Birds of Prey this morning, and my takeaway was just, like, DC's kind of now getting the reputation of, like, they tried to copy Marvel, didn't totally work. So now they're just going to make movies that they want to make, which is what it used to be before the MCU is what people did. The movies didn't all have to be connected. You just made the movies you want to make. And if Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman works really well, they're going to make those movies. And if Joker gets Oscar wins, then they'll make more villain standalone movies. And if they want to make a weird sort of irreverent R-rated comedy with, uh, you know, Margot and they (laughs) nothing to do with Suicide Squad, they're going to do that. Like, you know, like, I think that's great. I do too. I I couldn't agree more. And you know what's funny is that my fist pump is actually with Gal as well. But it's that moment I was talking about before. It's when she shows up to the party and she speaks to Bruce Wayne because there's something so incredibly engaging about her. She's effortless in her superstardom. She is oozing movie star charisma. She is so sexy and beautiful and smart and believably powerful. There's you just watch her and that scene is so great because like you never want Batman to look stupid. 
unless Wonder Woman's making yeah. him look stupid. Yeah, right. Because when she makes him look dumb yeah. in that conversation, she's like, oh, it's a fake. Oh, yeah, it's hanging up with the salt and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, you have, there's so many, you've never met a woman that's even come close to something like me. Like, all the things about it. And I just remember thinking, like, this is when I knew this movie was going to be great. Yeah. Unfortunately, the rest of the movie kind of happens, and you don't get as much of her as you want. There's a bunch of other stuff that goes on. But upon the first viewing, it was the same fist pump. Yeah. Because she's just incredible. And she she truly is the best part of this movie. And this movie's not bad, but she's just so good. Do you think that basically from the time Martha happens to the end of the movie is where it falls apart? And there's obviously the warehouse fight is between that, so it's it's not all bad from that point forward. Yeah. But the majority of everything bad happens after that moment. Like, everything up to Martha works for you, or no? I think so, because I think you have to suspend your, you know, your disbelief for a minute with the whole fight between him and Superman. Sure. I think they do a good enough job of, of making it believable with the kryptonite and the way that Batman kind of weaponizes it. Um, <clears throat> I still have those moments where I'm like... If you get hit by a god through a bunch of walls, even if you're in a suit, yeah. you're still probably dead. <laughs> you're just dead. Yeah. You're just dead. I, I but, so but I do agree. I think that that's the one moment where it's like Superman is beat and weak. Batman's about to kill him. And then like, and he's been carrying this this weight and this hatred for the whole movie. Let's let's save the Martha conversation. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. Because I think it's, it's an important conversation to have. And I know you guys in the chat probably want to know what we think about it. And I think it's the most, I hate to say it because it's so cliche. But it is the most significant conversation to have about this movie because it is such a glaring, ridiculous moment that is so hard to believe it actually made it into the movie. It's so hard to believe that actually happened. That yeah. like, and in, in retrospect, watching it back, most things I was pretty okay with. Most things had like, I totally came around on. I like this movie way more, Same. except for that. That is like <clears throat> the number one thing watching where I was just like, there's no explanation. This. So we'll, I want to get into it in a little bit. Um, All right. So why don't you talk about character profiles? Yeah. Let's talk about uh, star I'm, profiles. I'm read this. <laughs> ben Affleck and uh, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Star in the film. Uh, Affleck had, uh, I know he, when he was filming Gone Girl, he was also filming Dawn of Justice, which is why in Gone Girl you oh, see. Oh, there's the scenes, right? Well, no, you see at different times that he doesn't, his body doesn't he look looks the same. He bigger and so, yeah, yeah. bigger and smaller because he, he gets absolutely jacked for this movie yo when he's doing it when he's going through his like sweet training montage he got super ripped for nine seconds with his shirt off yeah. if that like it's a good nine seconds yeah the weird thing about that though is like so and this is just a total like sort of non sequitur into ben affleck's life for a second like yeah. you know we've seen these trailers for the way back right and this movie we're really excited for our friend gavin's directing and uh obviously affleck has pretty publicly struggled with alcoholism and you can see at different times with affleck you can see his face looks puffier or not and obviously in this movie, when he's like shredded as like you can see his face is like lean. Yeah. And he, obviously he's lean because he has no body fat in those scenes. But you're like, it takes probably something like getting the challenge of playing Batman and getting in this kind of shape to make somebody who struggled with that really commit to like bettering their body and respecting their body and their body is a temple thing. You can see obviously when he's making this movie, he must be because there's no way he could be. You cannot be drinking at the level of an alcoholic and look like that. Yeah, There's no. zero chance. No way. Which is even funnier, by the way, that he wakes up and Alfred makes the line, the, like he says the line about the wine cellar. Right. Because I'm also <clears> like, that's another one of those things where I'm like, that's impossible. There's yeah. no way that you're running around fighting crime all night, getting hammered, waking up, working out. That doesn't happen. It's not real life. No. <laughs> Trust me. Superhero life. <laughs> Trust me. I've tried to be Batman. I've tried drinking. It doesn't work. Um, but anyway, uh... aside from that, you know, Affleck does Gone Girl. He does Runner Runner and To the Wonder. Um, 2012's Argo. He wins the you know wins Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the comeback starts kind of more like in the late 2000s. He does Gone Baby Gone in 07. It's director. He does The Town in 2010. Uh, that's feels like so The Town good. is the moment. That feels like that's the comeback moment. Like yeah, I think so because not only does he he direct a movie that people really love, but it's starring you know a person that's also on their way up in Jeremy Renner and Rebecca Hall, and it's also just so good. It's really people good. love The Town, and he's great in it. And then he two is. years later, Argo wins Best Picture. He gets cast to play Batman, uh, and you know the rest is kind of history. And then <clears throat> where's he at now, though? Is the question Ben Affleck, and what does he do with his career? It, it's it's interesting because you and I are very excited about. The Way Back, yeah. but most people probably won't watch that movie. No. It's, you know, a Gavin O'Connor sports movie starring Ben Affleck. It's like you and I are like, oh, my God, let's <laughs> yeah. go opening night. But most people are like, "Who? wait, Gavin O'Connor did what again? Yeah. Oh, a sports movie? He's an alcoholic? What is it? You know, what's yeah. it about? Is it about the basketball team? I is it about him? I take my kids to this film. Kid watch this. Uh, listen, Karen, um, I don't really know, man. I don't, I don't know what – it feels like he's not in any danger of going anywhere, but it just doesn't feel like he's – Get, like super relevant 
But he's still Ben Affleck. He's, I think he's going to have a pretty good run. I mean, I think there's a couple things going for him. The first one is obviously that he's a very talented director, so he can keep himself yeah. relevant in the Oscar conversation by doing that. He's in a film with Anne Hathaway, like a it's like a true story kind of a deal that's coming out this next year. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I saw a trailer for it. It looks really good. Uh, like arms trafficking kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's fantastic. I do, I do sort of wonder, though, this is like a weird sort of question to ask. Affleck's got to be getting close to 50. Yeah. He's probably like late 40s now. And he's obviously been pretty unkind to his body for parts of his career. I can start to see in his face the age now a little bit. And I'm wondering if we're looking at a transition in the next five or six years to the like grizzled older character. If he's going to keep doing the like leading man thing for very much longer. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think he, I think he's too big of a superstar not to, you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like even when Leo gets older, or, like starts falling out of the limelight, there'll still be like a 10 year phase of him still being a leading man before he moves into that secondary character. Um, so many people have so much to say about Martha. It's so funny, though, because what I love about people that talk about comic book movies is they're like, you know, the truth is <laughs> like the truth is, you know, nothing about this because <laughs> you've read it, interpreted the same way millions of other people have. Yeah. Truth is, it's your opinion. Yeah. It's that's, that's not the truth. Yeah. Uh, just like how what we say about this is not the truth either. It's just our opinions about it. So we will talk about Martha. Let's get through production development just a little bit. There's a lot in here as they're always. Oh, did you get Henry Cavill yet? Not yet. Oh, just sorry, really, sorry. We'll, quickly, we'll just talk about him because he's actually the more interesting of the two in terms of uh, when, you know, this part of his career happened because Man of Steel basically breaks him at 2013. He had done Immortals and some other stuff, but that's when people know who Henry Cavill is. He was a relative unknown to that point. Mm-hmm. By the time this comes out, he's trying to do some other stuff. You know, he films Man from Uncle. That comes out in 2015. People like that movie, but... Yeah, but it's, again, it's like he's Superman. That's what people are paying attention to. So it's yeah. hard to really... It's a curse to play Superman or Jesus. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, after this movie comes out, like, he's obviously in Mission Impossible and he's in some other stuff, but does still feel like the... It's, it is his career-defining role. There's no question, right? Playing yeah. Superman? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, yeah. there's nothing even close. Hashtag Roxy Raid. Oh, she's What's here? going on right now? Guys, thank you so much for all hopping Hashtag in the Roxy chat. Raid. Really appreciate Love that. It. Thank you, Roxy. Thank you, all of her supporters that are here. Uh, make sure you go and check her out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Roxy Stryer. You are the best. Go ahead. Keep Thanks, going. Roxy. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all we really have to. Uh, oh, here, she's, Roxy is in the chat. She mm-hmm. says uh, BVS is like, eh. Birds of Prey is like unreal. Um, it was really good. Rox is like, the, she was like obsessed with that movie. Yeah, I mean, you you sound like you liked it quite a bit. I really, as well. really enjoyed it. I really did. Um, um, what time is it? Right now, it's so we got 20 more minutes. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of production development on this, but for most movies that are made like this, uh, you guys can go read on Wikipedia what the production development is. There's so much. It was written by one person and rewritten by another, and it was the directors and blah, the stars. It's all the same thing. Uh, I want to talk about Martha. I really do. This feels like the moment. I know we could talk about it for 20 minutes. We're not going to do that. But a lot of people in here are saying, they're saying things like, you know, Superman, uh, the comics defender. With Martha, people miss the fact that Clark Kent researched Batman slash Bruce's past before saying Martha. He knew this would trigger Bruce's psyche. Um, You know, the point is, is that Batman was wrong and hearing Martha lets him see the human and Superman he couldn't see before. You know, uh, people talk about how Alfred says it's not really his enemy. Here's the thing. I hear all that. Yeah. I I don't disagree with anything that anyone's saying. My point is, Bruce's parents died when he was like 10, right? Mm -hmm. Or whatever. And this movie is probably getting close to 40. It's been a long time. That's what it feels like. Uh, He has built this hatred for Superman for the last two years because he's murdered hundreds of thousands of people accidentally collateral damage if you will including people that bruce wayne knows by name that he worked with on a daily basis children you you see people in the news you you know all this stuff even what happens at the senate is because of superman right they're trying to do something they're trying to show something whatever it is all of this it's very very hard for me to believe that someone with such conviction someone that is so true and tried in defending and protecting gotham for as long as they have is now going to drop everything because of two syllables uttered by someone who's about to kill. That's my problem. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat completely. I understand that his mother's name is Martha. Yeah. There's a lot of women out there named Sue. Yeah. When I hear people say the name Sue, I don't immediately go, oh, my mom, my God, that woman must be sweet. Oh, I bet she has something in common. I bet I have something in common. It's a fucking name. Also, on top of that, on top of that, just to add to it, please, because he's because he's like 
He spent two years thinking about doing this. He's got so much conviction. And by the way... He built the Iron Man suit. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, uh, Bruce Wayne is not short on, on conviction. If he's going to do something, he's going to do something. If Batman has stuck to it, he's going to do it, right? Yeah. So he gets in this position. He's like, he's going to go hunt him, right? He says to Alfred. He hunts the guy. He, he steals the kryptonite. He does the whole thing. All to avenge the memory of these people and to prove that like a god is is dangerous, and he gets him. He actually gets him. He's gonna. He is going to kill him. He's seconds away from killing Superman, and avenging all these people, doing what Batman does. Batman is about vengeance and justice, and he's about to do it. And he says Martha, and he's like, "Why did you say that name?" And then not only because like I have problems with him saying like, "Why did you say that name?" and standing up and changing his tune. But then the movie like doesn't even take a beat. It literally goes from that to we're going to start working together to go stop the bad guy. Hey, we're cool, right? We're cool, right? <laughs> I just tried to murder you. And, and you were just saying you're going to murder me for your mother. The other problem with this argument is that both of the superheroes are going against the thing, which is millions for one. Millions for one. One life above others. I understand that. Like, how do you kill one child to save a million people. Well, I get that. You don't do that, yeah. right? But you are literally saying the deaths of these hundreds of thousands of people don't matter because your mom's name is the same name as my mom. And and the most egregious part, and I promise, guys, we're going to move on from this in a second. We're not. The most egregious part is that this had to go through iterations of the script. This had to go through so many people. This movie cost $250 million to make. I mean, this movie really, really had a lot. And when you watch the extra 30 minutes of footage, when you watch the Ultimate Edition, you think for a second that maybe the Martha moment will be more explainable. Like, maybe there's they cut a chunk out. They don't. It's just that dumb. They literally, somebody in a pitch meeting was like, nobody has ever figured out before that Batman and Superman's moms are both named Martha. But I, he should say mama when he's dying. What if he says Martha? So if he says Martha, people are going to be like, wait, they're both named Martha? That's crazy. My mind is blown. That's what they were thinking was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And also, like, everyone's saying it's like, uh, you know, they finally realized how human Superman is because he has, first of all, she's not his mom. She's Diane Lane. She's Diane Lane. <laughs> and we love Diane Lane. My thesis Lane. statement of this movie was almost that Kevin Costner <laughs> and Diane Lane are the best parts of this movie. I almost... I, I almost, thought it just would have been. Yeah. I was actually shocked it wasn't. I don't think she's very good in this, to be completely honest. I'm just okay with it. She's just fine. Yeah, she's but I, fine. But I love Diane Lane. Do you know what I love, though? Superman talking to Kevin Costner on the top of the mountain. Oh, of course. It's a wonderful scene. Great scene. It's so, I, I think thought that was both versions, though. I thought that was going to be... I think it is, too. Yeah. I thought that was going to be your fist pump. Anyway, so that's our feelings on Martha. Let us... Don't, don't tell us what you think. We already know what you think. You think we're crazy. Or you think we're right. It doesn't really matter because it's just a thought on a movie in a moment that, uh, you know, will live on. And, uh, I, again, <laughs> I think this movie was good. I really did enjoy it. I think that the, the last 30% of it is where it really falls apart. I have an issue with with Superman not being able to just murder Batman instantly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I, I agree with that part. I mean, the, the, when he throws him through the wall, I mean, okay, but what if Batman has come up with some sort of technology in his, in his Iron Man suit that, like, absorbs impact and protects him? Then he needs to share it with Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Stark has come up with the same thing. Thanos throws him through, like, a planet. Still hurts him. Yeah, but he's fine. It's nanotech. It's nanotech. <laughs> Let's talk about Endgame. Uh, yeah, so uh, those are our thoughts on that. I, I do want to talk really quickly because we do both love uh, Ben. Is this who's the best Bruce Wayne and who's the best Batman? What is it? Is it? It's, I think I still stick to Keaton is the best Batman. Bale's the best Bruce Wayne. I think that's still my go-to, even though I love Ben Affleck. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible that the best Batman is Affleck. He might be my favorite Batman. He's so sweet. He might be my favorite Batman. I mean, I, I do really love the other Batman, but I really like the Affleck Batman. I like the look of it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, like, there's... It's, so much of it is just about look, though. Like, yeah. The, it's it's the what he looks like and, like, the design of the suit. Because even when he's even when he's having his nightmare and he's, like, in, you know, crazy... Yeah, well, that's from a comic, right? Buzzard Land or whatever. No, it's not. What, crazy think, Buzzard Land? <laughs> I think it is from a comic. I, I can't remember, but when he's got, the, he's got, like, the jacket and the goggles and he looks all badass and he's shooting people. I mean, he looks awesome. Batman looks great. Yeah. Like, and I think that some, some, when you just talk about who's the best Batman, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, that it's who looks the coolest. Well, and what I will say is, and we talked about this on uh, on our, when we covered Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight, I believe, 
the the fighting in those movies they they look over choreographed yeah like the, not not specifically Batman and Bane but Batman versus henchmen yeah they, they're always it's like waiting for the next hit and here comes the next guy and now whereas like in that fight in the warehouse, it looked like a straight-on street brawl that yeah. was like, I'm going to kill Batman. Agreed. I'm not going to let Batman kick my ass when it's my turn. I'm going to straight-up kill Batman. And yeah. I love love that. And I also love that he meets them with equal force. Agreed. Agreed. So um, I think that's probably mine. Is, is I think Affleck's my favorite Batman, but my favorite Bruce Wayne is probably Keaton. Yeah. I love Keaton. He's a great... Yeah. You want to get nuts? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get He's nuts. just silly and weird, but yeah. I love him. I love him. He's just Keaton. He's just yeah. Keaton. Yeah. Uh, so this movie was made by Warner Brothers. It cost $250 million to make. It was released in March of 2016. It grossed $330 million domestic, an additional $543 million foreign for a grand total of $873 million. It opened at number one at $166 million. IMDb gives this movie a 6.5. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 28% on the tomato meter. That's critics. Audience gives it a 63%. Now, that feels wrong, right? Like, it feels... 63 feels a little low. 28 feels just wrong. Well, that is in reference to the regular version. That's not, fair. Not the ultimate version. And yeah. the regular version is bad. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Rotten Tomatoes... Is Rotten Tomatoes is a positive or negative. Yeah, it's whether you went like it or not. And so, if you didn't like it, then it's 28%, which, you know. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess so, that, does, that does feel right. Yeah, I mean, uh, so let's let's move on to the next part of the show, yep. which is going to be favorite line. Uh, how much time do we got on the show? Uh, we've got 12 minutes, but I think since we started a little bit late, we can probably go a little bit longer. Yeah, so favorite line, I think, is an interesting one. I think that my favorite line is... Oh, because there's some more, some more stuff I want to talk about. I want to talk about Luther. We haven't mentioned him yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but my favorite line, I think, is when Bruce is talking to Alfred, and he's talking about how the, the Waynes made their fortune. And he's like, the original the original Waynes made their fortune trading with the whatever he says. Oh, like, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, like, they're trading pelts. They were hunters, Alfred. And he walks away, and you're like, he's going to hunt Superman. He's going to hunt him. This is sick. <laughs> That's your line? <laughs> yeah, I That's love it. sweet. Well, there's a lot of really great lines between the two of them, and yeah. I, wish I'd, I wish I'd written more down, but I actually think my favorite line was, it was a Luther line. Because this is a perfect time to talk about Luther. So I'll, I'll say my line. My line. Uh, there's a few of them, right? There's like the original one. The, ori- the favorite one was, do you bleed, you will, was from the trailer. It's Batman that says it. But then uh, Lois Lane's like, you're psychotic. And he's like, that's just a three-syllable word for any thought too big for little minds. Yeah. I like that. But the next one in this whole like monologue that he's giving, he says, if God is all-powerful, then he cannot be good. And if he's all-good, then he cannot be all-powerful. And I just love that line because that's growing up with religion, this is like a conversation that's popped up so many times, right? If he is all powerful, then how can he give children cancer and yeah. the whole thing? I just thought it was a good moment for him to throw it in there, and I thought it was cool because, you know, we're referencing obviously not God, we're referencing Superman, yeah. a God. So uh, I like that. With Luther, he, so, so I, you know, <laughs> I thought about this movie a lot again. Like I spent half the day on Twitter, I feel like, talking about this movie yeah. because I just was trying to sort of air out all the thoughts. One of them was that I really do think Eisenberg gets close. I don't think that Eisenberg is like bad. Same. Same. I think he's not actively bad. He gets really close to working, but he strikes out. Like, he doesn't quite get there. Yeah. Because there, there's a lot of choices that they make with Luther here that I actually think are really cool choices, like, really unique, and, and the vision is awesome. Like, there are stuff like him, like, playing pickup basketball, like, LexCorp, that I think is... <laughs> yeah. I like I like some of that stuff. They make him feel like more of just, like, a crazy, normal guy, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, like, a supervillain. He feels like a psycho. Was like... Just a crazy dude. Like, a crazy dude. Yeah. But then he's a little too, like weak and sniveling he's not like strong enough he like feels like a little bitch like most of the movie he like has all these moments where i'm just like you're not menacing you just like feel really weak you're smart but you feel really weak and that doesn't make for a compelling villain yeah i think too there's this there's this thing that um this always happens in acting classes right you get a let's say you're going over a script of like an episode of friends and like every time joey has a line you know, it's a good line. It's a good one-liner. Yeah, Every right. time there's a one-liner and the person that you're acting with or maybe it's you that's making the mistake or you'll watch it, they, that line comes up and they're like, you guys ready for this? Yeah, and right. And they're like, da yeah. like, that was horrible. Yeah. You just took all the wind out of the sails because of how excited you were to say the line. Yeah. I feel like a lot of his lines were written pretty phenomenally for Lex Luthor to say, but I think there was something maybe with the direction or the way that Jesse just wanted to work or like make this character live where it just felt like he was almost a little too excited to say all the stuff he was saying. Yeah. And then it takes away like the legitimacy of just like, you know, when a, when a, when a cold 
psychopath just tell like for instance like when Bane's just like uh, you know one of us has to stay in the wreckage fire rises you're like well that could have been crazy you could have I mean it's hard with his voice but you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah it's com- like when, when you're too excited to say a line and it's delivered in a movie you can feel it and, yeah. and, and it feels like that's what every line was he should have been like the Riddler like if he delivered those lines like as the Riddler or something I would have loved it it is weird it's like he's playing the Riddler as Lu- Lex Luthor yeah because like, like, there's a lot in there I agree with you the writing for the character is pretty great it's fun um, and I think that there's a lot of the stuff that, for for instance, like when he's in the prison at the end and he's like holding on to the bars and he's like, he's coming. Yeah. The bell's been rung. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, it's like way too much, yeah. you know. But the thing is that the reason it feels way too much is because he's already been doing this like hyperactive thing the whole movie. Right. So now he's just turning it up even another notch and it feels silly. Like, I want him to be cold and calculated. Like I want Lex Luthor to be the guy that can go. What a million people died because you want of this? him to be Mark Zuckerberg. Flip. Yes, I kind of do, and that's I, I kind of think that's probably could've... what they wanted. We probably could have almost gotten that, but he decided to play him crazier, more comic booky, more maniacal. Yeah, and I like Jesse Eisenberg, and I think also the other thing about this was that kind of surprised me is that so much of the conversation after BVS had come out was about you know him defending his performance because so much was left on the editing room floor. Yeah. But now we got more of it right in the Ultimate Edition, and it still feels. Just as flat. Well, because he does all the stuff, right? Like, there, you know, he's like, Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent meeting yeah. in my house. So don't shake his hand. He's got a strong grip. Like, yeah. It's just like, you're just too extra, bro. Like Whereas the- when he goes to the ship, yeah. right? He goes to the ship and they're like, uh, would you like to take command of the ship? He's like, well, yes, I would. Yeah. Like, it, matter of fact, I would. And then it's like, uh, you know, this whole process has been banned by the council of krypton he's like he's like well what happened to the council he's like well they're deceased yeah so he's like so proceed and like that shit i like because you know cutthroat and it's it's just quirky and clever enough because there's those moments when like holly hunter's like i'm not gonna grant you your pass and he's like <laughs> and he's like and he's like um you can see he gets that like frustrated look in his face yeah he's like twitches for a second and he gets like really kind of like angry mm-hmm and when he's quieter, he's better. Yes. Because like, in those moments when he's angry and he feels like he's being, like, smited or whatever, that's, like, kind of what you need to see. So, anyway, I, I think... Um, Look at Javier, dude. Look at Javier Bardem as Anton Segur. Like, yeah. there's so little done by him that's so extra. It's yeah. so much. The last thing I think to talk about before we... Uh, we have one AMA question I want to answer here. Yeah, yeah, but, from Brian Newsbaum. Yeah, the last thing I do want to answer, though, is... Um, we haven't talked about like really some of the like the, the supporting characters. So just like quick thoughts, uh, Perry White, Larry Fishburne. Uh, fine, fine. Jeremy Irons, fine. Yeah, like I think they're all good. They're good. They, I, no one really bothers me. Amy's the one to talk about. She's she's the one we need to like at least talk about for a second. It's so funny because I watched the day before this. I watched The Master. Okay, and then I watched this. Amy Adams is arguably the best performance in The Master. Yeah. And you're looking at two of the best performances that have ever been given by two of the best actors that have ever lived, yeah. right? In Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin. Amy Adams really stands out in that movie uh, as like a class above, like a class of her own. I just don't think she was the right person to play Lois Lane. I think that's really all it comes down to. I, I had so so I had less of an issue with her in this movie than I had in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I honestly, in like retrospect, going back to watch this again, I didn't dislike her as much as I had the first time. Same. But there's this like, she's not quite as sassy as I want Lois Lane to be. She's a little too much of a damsel in distress for Superman. Yeah, and I never felt that was Lois Lane. No. And and those two things just in themselves don't totally work. And then there's like this, I don't know, she's like, it's funny because like, Amy Adams in some movies when they make her when they make her out to be like really sexy works really well. Mm-hmm. She is very beautiful. She's very beautiful. But it's almost like in th- and I feel the Lois Lane character is supposed to be that. I feel like she's supposed to be like almost a superhero journalist. Like mm-hmm. she's supposed to be somebody you'd see on the cover of like a newspaper and you'd be like I have to meet her. Yeah. And they like don't make her out that way. They don't give her the kind of the credit it feels like she deserves for all the things that she does and the <laughs> position she puts herself in. They like don't intentionally make her sexy they make her i think very professional they yeah. try to like make her and i that's i'm coming off all wrong no here. no no. i i and i think it's i think it's actually good that they do that i think it's good that they're not trying to lean into the sex appeal of this character but what the problem is is they're making her carry herself like she's the greatest reporter of all time but then she doesn't get the respect from her staff exactly or and her boss or the like, newspaper so, so there's one check like strike one strike two is like they make her 
really need Superman. Like, really need Superman. Like, she's, even when she's trying to save Superman, he still has to hear her drowning while he's fighting Doomsday. Yeah. Like, why not just let her save him for a minute? Exactly. Yeah. There's that. And then there's the fact that she doesn't really have, like, the edge. She feels like they gave her that line in the beginning with Jimmy Olsen, fake Jimmy Olsen, where she's like, he's like, how'd you get this interview? And she says some, like, sassy line or oh, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, none of it hits the way that I imagine the character was supposed to hit, the way that it did in the comics for years, or even really just the way that it did in the 70s Superman movie. It just doesn't hit like that. It feels like they just, like, edged off of all the things that Lois Lane's supposed to be, and they made her kind of boring. Yeah, it feels like they just didn't put the time into... Like, if they put the time into writing Lois Lane that they did into writing Diana... Yeah. I think it would have been, inc- like, so much better. Agreed. I don't. I don't really understand where the disconnect happened excuse me in writing these two female characters because they're both very very important to the story and it feels like one was made to be a superhero and the other one was made to be a damsel in distress but that's not fair to lois lane yeah you know yeah it's it's really interesting it's it's definitely one of the things she feels miscast is ultimately the real yt says agree with ben i'm a woman you come off great so there you go man Thank don't you. don't don't, you. don't beat yourself up uh ama question this week was brought to us by brian newsbaum courtesy of our good friend richard eric jarvie richard and paul do a show on our channel youtube.com slash action industries called class action where they break down two things in cinema usually pin them against each other yeah. and uh, it's a it's a great it's a great show so go check that out but jarvie also runs our instagram and uh brian submitted a question saying that you know essentially over the last couple of years it's been four years now people have looked at this movie with better and better and better reception over the four years almost exponentially as the years have gone on did the movie actually just get better or do we just are we just more forgiving more forgiving uh, i think so it's, the stuff we talked about during the show with martha and like a lot of the weaknesses of the movie there's these are things that people like hyper hyper scrutinized um i think any anytime you're dealing with marvel dc star wars the biggest franchises in the world the ones that everyone wants to talk about everybody wants to have an opinion everybody wants to break down even take something like The Last Jedi, which is like a movie that you and I actually both like a lot. And mm-hmm. a lot of people hate The Last Jedi. It's yeah. like one of the most hated movies. In the middle of our gigantic Martha discussion, someone just wrote in, <laughs> it's still better than TLJ. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to laugh. <laughs> people And people hate it, but like, what's going to happen in 10 years is that The Last Jedi is going to be revered by almost everybody as pretty great. Because it has a lot of great stuff. We're not mm-hmm. talking about it every single day. And when people go back to revisit it... The, the shitty stuff for people is still going to feel shitty, but the great stuff's going to shine through. Whereas I think, so. I think Rise of Skywalker in 10 years for most people, because it's, it's regarded as sort of vanilla now, will be regarded as far worse. I think so, because it's more forgettable. Didn't really take a lot of risks. Exactly. And I think with Batman versus Superman, there's so much in this movie that's good. Like, it does so many things visually well. It does mm-hmm. so many things in a way that make me feel like the characters I expected and wanted to see. That those are the things that when you rewatch and you don't feel like you're looking for the faults, you're looking for it to be better. Correct. You want it to be good. You're looking for the good instead of the bad this time. Exactly. And it, it happens a lot. I mean, like the, when when you go into a movie with big expectations, I use Interstellar as the example all the time. Yeah. Like Interstellar has some weaknesses, but it's almost my favorite Chris Nolan movie now because after I had that initial expectation, the balloon was popped. When I went back to revisit it, I was like, man, the good in this movie is so good mm-hmm. that I can get past you know Matt Damon. I can get past the fact that it's a little long. Like. I'm okay with that stuff. I don't care. The other stuff makes up for it. And I feel I feel the exact same way about this movie. Whereas, you know, I was going into Batman vs. Superman very excited. And that was a problem because I was like, Gal's in it. Cavill's in it. I loved Man of Steel. And Affleck's in it. And I love Affleck. Yeah. And he looks like a sweet Batman. Like, I was... I, my expectations were way too high. And then going back and rewatching it, my expectations were way too low. And I'm enjoy. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah. I truly did. Will I go out of my way to watch this movie ever again? Probably not, because I can only watch the three-hour version and enjoy myself. Yeah. It's yeah. a long time. It's a long time. I agree. Uh, so, Brian, thank you so much for asking your question. Those are our thoughts. Uh, ben, is there anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, There's three action movie categories. Totally yeah, ri- totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Um, we sometimes define what they are. They kind of speak for themselves. I think that this movie is ridiculously legitimate. I think it has to be. There's too much in it that's shenanigans to think otherwise. Um, but it definitely is grounded it has enough grounded stuff in it and it yeah. does a lot of those things really well look man costner's talking in a fatherly position god he's so good. might as well be totally legit that story that he tells about the horses 
So everything he does. I, Kevin Costner is the greatest on-screen dad of all time. I texted you the other night because I thought this was so funny. I was like, I'm kind of going through like a Costner phase right now. And you listed like 12 movies. I, I was like, I've watched one or two. And I like, I just like started like listing all the movies that I watched in the last year with Costner. And it was like 14 movies. I was like, I don't even know what half of these are. Yeah, I watched like, I, mean, I, I literally watched Message in a Bottle the other night. I was like, oh yeah, with Costner and uh, Bullock, right? You're like, Robin Wright. <laughs> Robin Wright. <laughs> Nicholas Sparks. It's you know, wonderful. Do you know who plays Costner's dad in that movie? John Voight? Paul Newman. Oh, that's why I decided to watch it, God. finally. Because I was like, I mean, Newman and Costner together? That's, that's wonderful. The greatest dad with the greatest dad? <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> Ben's going to cry. I just cried the whole time. Um, oh, that's amazing. No, but I, I've been watching bad Costner movies. Like, I watched McFarlane USA, the, this racing one by Disney a couple years ago. It was not good. That was, was fine. They're all good enough. They're mm-hmm. all good enough for me. For Love of the Game is like my new favorite movie. I do love For Love of the Game. Yeah. Man. That I, was... I introduced that to you. Yeah. I watched that Draft Day. I really enjoyed that oh, one. Oh, yeah, you like I need to watch that one. Rewatched Open Range. That movie's great. Um <laughs> anyway. Stop Ben. Stop yeah, Ben. Stop. <laughs> so anyway, guys, we are uh we are uh, it says Jarvis says yes, Paul. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I was so happy with how much they talked for Love of the Game on, on Class Action. It was like my movie's amazing. Movie. It really is. It's great. Billy Chapel. So anyway, guys, we only have one last thing to talk about today on the show, and that's called Uh, what are we doing next week? Uh, no idea. We haven't known the whole year. Um, yeah. I feel yeah. like there's something. Well, the Oscars are coming out next week. Uh, yep. <laughs> That's yep. a thing. I don't know. But we'll mm. figure it out just mm. like we have been uh, so far. You know, honestly, I will say that uh, we haven't been planning ahead. It's been working out pretty well We're so far. Pretty damn well. We're doing pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have some cool ideas for some movies. But uh, stay tuned, guys, for a great show. Be sure to check out our YouTube, youtube.com slash Action Industries. If you want to hang out with us on Sunday night, we're doing a stream Friday and a two-hour show on Sunday night called The Action Guys. It's going to be great. Uh, we probably will have a special guest, and we're going to have a great time with it. We wanted to uh, give a big thank you and a shout-out to all the generals in the Action Army. That's patreon.com slash Team Action. It is uh, is probably the number one place you guys can support us if you want to, you know, get involved with what we're doing. Uh, yep. We we depend on it. So general shout outs to our five star generals. First, we've got Mac Ryan, John Getz, Jake Yacoveta, Lucas, and Alex Shashek, and Paul Denuzio. That's a big salute to you, generals, five star generals. And a shout out to Andrew Hayes, John Patterson, Kelsey Kirkland, Jeremiah Morris, Cody Seal, AJ Lancaster, Sabi Lamanmaki, Oscar Romo, Danny Joyce, Eric Ritz, Luke Haynes, Mike Deacon, Liam Gilpin, and the brand new general in the action army, Carl Newell. Boom! It's been the greatest honor of our lives to serve with you, generals. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. See you guys next Wednesday. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.